102.7 ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas. This is The Jeff Ward Show. Hey, welcome to our little show. Here's the way it works. I riff on stuff and you react. Pretty straightforward. The phone numbers, you'll need them. 512-834-1027. That's 512-834-1027. I'm on Twitter or X or whatever we call it this week. It's at Jeff Ward Show. You can follow me there. Or if you'd like to post comments, you should. All I ask is you not suck. Bring your A-game. Make the show better if you can. Surely you can pull it off. That's at Jeff Ward Show. Make sure you check out the podcast that we drop each afternoon, the Jeff Ward Show podcast. It's available wherever you download your podcasts. Check it out. Subscribe to it. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Even though I look like Shrek sitting in front of a weird wall, uh, we put out the YouTube show each afternoon also. Uh, one thing that happens on Fridays, I don't even know how I got uh, looped into the email chain on uh, on these songs. Maybe it's because I'm so close to music executives. And <laughs> so I, uh, I'm in this email chain of uh, record executives, and they have these this focus group list that they provide of Songs that they tell people never to play, that never sell, everyone hates them. It's the kind of music that breaks terrorists down. And then I, I'm in on that email chain, and I just call them songs that suck. They make me laugh. I call them songs that suck. Nobody debates that. These are songs that everyone hates. No one in their right mind would ever like them. They make your face hurt. They ruin your day. They make you want to pour gas on your head. So what you do is you you guess the artist, you guess the year, and you guess the song title. And it smiles when it feels like crying on and on, on and on, on and on. I don't even know where this came from. Honestly. Is this even a hit? I've never heard of it. Is this before my time? What is this? What is this garbage? This is around your time. Um, okay, well, I believe it's Stephen Bishop. And if I'm not mistaken, Stephen Bishop, is he the guy that did the cameo in Animal House? I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, a... Somebody out there will know. I don't know why you have to know that stuff. That's not, I would not be proud of that if you know that, but I think I'm right. You are. Yeah. He was in it. He was, he's, it's one of the great scenes. Well, Charming guy with a guitar. Yes, yes. And then he gets, then he gets then broken. He, yeah, yeah, then he breaks so it. So that is, I, that's this guy, Stephen Bishop, I think, and he's doing the bit at Delta House, in Animal House, and John Belushi, Bluto, hears it. And he hates it so badly, he takes the guy's guitar away and smashes it. Which is exactly what anyone would do to every one of this guy's songs. I don't think he was even doing this song, in which I would take the guitar away and hit him in the face with it. Oh, buddy. I'm going to guess the song is called On and On. Good guess. Thanks. (laughs) Very difficult. Um... Okay. 
Stephen Bishop, on and on. Oh, my God. It feels like 70s, uh, early 80s. Uh, I'll say 77. Correct. Three for three. Jeez. That's sad. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sorry. I knew, I'm really sorry. I knew so much about this guy that I couldn't name another song. Wow. That makes my face hurt. And I'm embarrassed to start the show. Well, the hits just keep coming out of Dallas. So step number one was, well, step number one would have been to fire the guy who just flamed out in the first round of the playoffs, but that's not the way things are going to work, right? So Mike McCarthy's rehired and done so very quickly, which is a whole other discussion. Well, I don't even know if it's possible to have another discussion about the screw-up in Dallas, but... Mike McCarthy's retained. So, as I was telling you, the next elephant in the room is Dak Prescott and Dak Prescott's contract. It's, you know, it's been hanging around there for quite some time. There's other contracts that are up for grabs. This is why, so Mike McCarthy has another year. Um, I have I give I give up now. I am not going to predict whether Mike McCarthy stays on another year after that or not. I'm telling you right now, whoever the coach is in two years, they've got a bad team. If Dallas isn't lucky next year and stays completely healthy and everything works perfectly, they've got they might have a bad team next year. But the 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 bulk of what they have now, which you thought at one time was good, unless you're in the playoffs. What they have now is going to be back next year. Then after that, it's all bets are off. All bets are off. Forget it. Windows slamming shut. It's over. It's over. It might be over now, to be honest. So what is hanging out there is the Dak Prescott contract. What is fascinating (laughs) is the similarities between Dak Prescott and Tony Romo. Their careers. It is, it's remarkable how similar they are. Now, I don't think anybody would say, well, I think people would say, I know what you're going to say. The Tony Romo career statistically was very nice. The Tony Tony Romo is not a Hall of Famer. He might be a Hall of Famer as a broadcaster, but he's not going to be a Hall of Famer as a player. Statistically, it was a very good career. And he played on one really good team that was, you know, got a bad break from from going to a Super Bowl. Then there's Dak Prescott, who's had mostly a statistically good career. This past season was close to an MVP year, so it was his best year statistically. And he'll finish second in MVP voting. And his team was nowhere near making the NFC Championship game. So here's what ESPN is reporting now, comparing the two. Why Dak Prescott has become the Cowboys' new Tony Romo. This is from Todd Archer of ESPN. The career arcs of Dak Prescott and Tony Romo have become so similar, they've essentially become the same quarterback. It's true. Tony Romo's playoff record, 2-4. and four. I don't even know what the other one was. I can't even remember the two. He was two and four. Dak Prescott's playoff record stands at two and five. Tony Romo had three chances to advance to an NFC Championship game: 2007, 2009, 2014. 
Dak Prescott's chance at a fourth try was wiped out by the Packers. He's missed out on chances in 2016, 18, and 22. That's the very reason they didn't make it this year. The coach should have been fired, but none of that stuff happened. Since 1980, you got to really nerd out now, but it's sort of it's playoff time. It's the it's the best time for football, so you can it's it's okay to nerd out some. Since 19, <laughs> this is not a good stat. Since 1980, Ken Anderson is the only quarterback to be his team's starter for more consecutive seasons than Dak Prescott before going to a Super Bowl for the first time. He was in his 10th season as a starter when Cincinnati finally went to a Super Bowl, and I believe it was one of the greatest games of all time when San Francisco beat them. I don't know. I can't remember how long it took Peyton Manning. He had won two, Peyton Manning had won two MVPs before the Super Bowl of 2006. You know, then, of course, he went with Denver when he was really not much of a player. The point of this is that Dak Prescott is now... I, I, I think I think not just headed there. He is destined to be a guy that will have a long career with one team, never to see a Super Bowl. He's going to have a long career with one team. If you had to make a bet on it right now, you would make this bet. He's going to end up having a long career with one team, the most high-profile team, and never even beat an NFC Championship game. Yeah. And you may want to bet against that at this point. I bet not. So then you go take it further with Tony Romo and Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott turns 31 in July. He's played every game this season for the first time since 2019. He led the NFL in touchdown passes. Um, he's had injuries, but this was, he was incredibly healthy this year. He is about to, this is what ends the entire operation. He's about to enter the final year of a contract that will count $59.4 million against the salary cap of 2024. For those that don't know anything, the salary cap is a balance sheet that tells you each and every year how much each team can allocate towards salary. Sometimes they say they back-end money to another year. They rearrange money, but it is a balance sheet of what a team, what the teams can spend. It's been going up some time because it's predicated on rights fees and merchandising and things like that. And of course, media rights fees have been going up. So the player, the salary cap's been going up, and it will continue to go up because the football business is so good. But that's what it is. So you only have X amount on paper to spend, and you can keep moving the money back and forward in other years. But sooner or later, it's just going to keep up eating up more of your balance sheet. Dak Prescott is about to eat up a giant chunk of the Cowboys' balance sheet. He will be the highest in extending his contract, ESPN is reporting, will make him among the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. But it would, if they back-ended the money, move the money back and said, okay, by, by the number, you're going to make $40 million this year, then 70 the next, or whatever. They had the exact same issue with Tony Romo back in 2013. It's unbelievable how similar these guys' careers have been. They could not place the franchise tag on him. Franchise tag, you hear the term a lot. Franchise tag is an organization's ability to say, we hold you to this. We don't, you don't get to renegotiate, but we, put, we tag you with this means that you make 
the average of the five highest paid players at your position. That's what the franchise tag, I think it's five or ten, something like that. But it's an average of the highest paid players at your position. And you can do it one time. Dak Prescott has a deal that says you can't do that to me, and they can't trade him contractually. So Dallas could not put a franchise tag on Tony Romo because he did the same kind of contract, said, no, I'm never going to do that. He signed a six-year, $108 million extension through 2019. $40 million of the money was guaranteed. At the time of his signing, the $18 million annual average made Tony Romo the sixth highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Dak Prescott right now is going to be at number 10. So worst case scenario, Dak Prescott's going to be one of the five highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL very soon, if not higher. ESPN seems to think... Mike McCarthy was retained because of Dak Prescott. That Jerry Jones views the two of them as being a package deal. That he believes, now you you can agree with this all you want. To be honest, just numerically, it did play out this way. Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones... His time as owner of the Dallas Cowboys defined by Dak Prescott. It was defined by Tony Romo. Look what happened there. He got Tony Romo 2.0. He views his time as owner of the Dallas Cowboys tied to Dak Prescott's success. He looks at this and says, you know what? When Mike, when my, mumbling Mike McCarthy took over, look what Dak Prescott did. He cut down interceptions. He was healthier. Uh, he was, you know, he was really good this year. There's no arguing that. Until the game, you know, they really counted. Um, so the thinking is that's why Mumbling Mike still has a job. Is that Jerry Jones says, look what he did with Dak Prescott. We're going to keep Dak Prescott, which means this is the end of the Dallas Cowboys as a team in two years. Dak Prescott's going to be incredibly rich. He's going to be one of the highest paid players in the NFL. He's going to have a long-term contract with the Dallas Cowboys. He's going to be playing when they suck. Suck more. Um... And then mumbling Mike is here at least for another year because Jerry Jones views the two as one and the same. Here's a pretty decent explanation of all this stuff on ESPN. I think this is Adam Schefter. Just understand, it could be a really good team again next year during the regular season if they stay perfectly healthy. After that, forget it. It's all over going to resign him. I mean, th- th- these there aren't more than five guys better, definitively better than him. He's going to get the massive contract, right? Well, they have to do something to create cap space because right now he's scheduled to count for over $59 million against the right. salary cap. So if you want to have him go into the last year of his deal and then be not tagged and be able to leave in free agency, then yeah, you're not going to do something. So you're going to try to work with him starting there to create some cap space. He's going to want to see this team improve. Quarterbacks do work with teams on restructuring deals, of course, that benefit them, but give their teams the needed cap relief that they need to bolster their roster that season and to kick the bill down the road. That's what Dak is going to try to do. That's what the Cowboys are going to try to do. He is going to be starting point A when it comes to trying to find more cap space while at the same time trying to cash in himself. And that's the problem that Sunday's game leaves everybody with, right? What do you do? Because nobody's stock is higher after that playoff performance. Okay, what that means, what he's saying is, Jerry Jones is going to sit down with Dak Prescott, and he's going to say, hey, look, man, you got to get some help around you. I mean, you can take all the money, 
Or you can beat me up today and you can take it all. You can be the you can be Joe Burrow with an extra dollar if you want. And then it, but that's not what Patrick Mahomes does. That's not what Tom Brady did. They want to spread some of the money out. And I'm sure Dak Prescott would probably do that. And he's going to say, "Hey, we got to you got to we're going to back end your contract. So take less now, Dak, so we can spread some money around so we can make another great run at this and go all the way." Laugh all you want. Okay, that's fine. And I, and I suspect that's probably what's going to happen. Assuming Dak Prescott doesn't hold them hostage, assuming Dak Prescott doesn't want to go somewhere else, uh, he's going to say, yeah, yeah, old man, you're right. I, I, I'll, I'll take one for the team right now. But in three years, you're probably going to have to pay me like $400 million. Next year, Dallas has a chance to be pretty good again during the regular season. Nobody in their right mind would anticipate they do anything in the playoffs. There's no reason to believe that. There's no proof of that. You get that. After that, his bills are going to start coming due, and they're toast. That's it. Because they're going to have the same conversation with Micah Parsons. They're going to have the same conversation with CeeDee Lamb. So they're just going to have these superstars, and they're going to keep trying to talk them into paying the minimum, right? There's like your credit card and a minimum payment. We want to pay you just a little bit now so we can have some more money right now. But then two, three years from now, it's all going to be eaten up by three, four of these guys, and that's it. That's it. The window has, will have completely slammed. They'll have no way to acquire really good players. There just won't be any money. So Jerry Jones, being the old man that he is, is betting on... This is why I think not hiring Bill Belichick was stupid. You really are, and you can make the, he's an old man, I don't know how long he's going to live jokes all you want. You really are now saying, you got one more year. This franchise has one more chance to to advance. Because after that... Because of the money, because of the economics, because of everything that goes into it, after that, the door slams shut. You are, you're not quite the Panthers yet, but they're going to be on their way. Now, poor Dak Prescott is poor. He's not, he's going to be rich. Um, He's going to be the quarterback of a horrible football team in two years, three years, really horrible. Three, bad in two, a chance to be good in one. That's life going forward. That's what they face. But if you want to know why Mumbling Mike was retained, he was retained to say, go give me one more good year out of Dak Prescott, and then he's just going to coast the rest of the way, and I'm going to sit in a rocking chair and feed the squirrels. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Suck. And there's no debate. Sorry, soccer mom. It's not okay. Not okay. Wasn't then, it's not now. I don't care how many wine coolers you have in your minivan. Never okay. Uh, every drill team from 1988 you can imagine. Uh, songs that suck, the game is, you guess the artists, you guess the song title, and you guess the year. Pretty sure anybody, any thinking human could guess right stuff. That would be the heavy metal group, New Kids on the Block. Two for two. 
Remember all their metal hits? I had banged to this to yeah. these guys all the time. I mean, I wouldn't even say heavy metal. I would say death metal. This is death metal, everyone. Oh, it just it makes really makes me want to put a knife in my thigh. They're still touring. Shut up. Yeah. Why? Because the soccer moms people still buy their soccer, tickets. Because soccer moms will throw their bras <laughs> yeah, exactly. at them. Oh my gosh. They're still touring. Still touring. How are those guys looking? I think they look okay. Wow. Yeah, I don't know much about it, but I haven't heard anything bad about it. They like at a cruise or something? You're going to New Kids on the Block cruise? <laughs> Probably one day. That sounds like the definition of hell. <laughs> that is, that's worse than a Trump rally. Being on a cruise in general. So I think what's worse than a Trump rally? That. That is worse than a Trump rally. Oh, God. A uh, year. Oh, come on, Jeff. I mean, uh, I hated it then. I mean, I... I I don't even care if my date tried to talk me into it. I couldn't do this. Um, uh, 92? Too high. 88. Damn it, I knew it. You know, 1988 and 89 might be the worst two-year period in the history of music. Yeah, very dangerous times. It was just really it got stuck in this place. I believe it was all wine cooler and... Infused yep. and maybe some ecstasy. I don't know. But it's like there was a time period in the early 70s when these just horrific, cheesy songs were big hits. And then if you look at 88 to 89, I'm trying to think what broke it up with Nirvana may have saved us all. If you Seattle, think, Seattle kinda, grunge yeah, saved everyone. It's kind of like, you know, there's that period where disco. You know, Disco Sucks Night, where they set yeah. the, the wall on fire, Comiskey Park, saved us all. And then, then you had, um, you know, New Wave and Punk and all that stuff took over. You had these, ex- you'd go to the extremes. Yeah. Yeah. Then we went through that period of, uh, you know, that, uh, what, a glam rock or whatever it was in the early 80s. And now, and then, then we slipped into this thing. And then, thankfully, grunge saved us. <laughs> but this helped birth Backstreet Boys, yeah. NSYNC, 98 yeah. Degrees. Right, right. Menudo was it Menudo was Menudo before those guys? What did they do? Those guys know. had to be criminals or something. They like there was no way they could be they could grow up and be decent human beings. Uh, how about going to college for nine years? Nine. Here is a football player, Cam McCormick, who has now been granted his ninth year of playing college football. I'm trying to think if that would be really cool or if it would be. You know, because when you're experiencing it, you don't leave, right? You don't want to get a job. You don't want to go anywhere. You want to get drunk on Thursday and sleep till noon. I'd go to, I'd, I could do it, I think. I'd just keep going to class. Just, i just compile degrees. Just, I don't even know what I would be studying next. Miami tight end Cam McCormick has been granted a ninth year of playing college football. He had season, <laughs> golly, buddy, he had season-ending injuries. 2018, 2019, 2020, and 2021. Each time he petitioned the NCAA for an extra year. You know what, young man? I don't think football is a game for you. I think that might be just enough. Stop playing, sir. Here are his injuries. Okay? An ankle injury. Then he tore his Achilles. He was hospitalized for Rod... Demolysis, that's that stuff where, sorry, your urine turns brown from intense workouts. And this, it's a thing. I'm not kidding. Um, 
can almost it, it comes close to killing you. He is now only how are you only twenty five? What do you start? Wow, that's amazing. So he actually was in, would be in the same recruiting class. I believe he was in the same recruiting class as Patrick Mahomes out of high school. This is his ninth year. Um, that is, add up that guy's, you know, for people dealing with student loans, how about this? This guy's had nine years of scholarship money. If he's been at Miami the entire time, that's nine years of a really, really expensive private school in an athletic scholarship. Nine years of college, good or bad? Could you do it? What year would you say, I got to get out of here now? It's like that line from uh, Dazed and Confused. Anybody know where I'm going with this one? What is it uh, Wooderson said in Dazed and Confused? Um, I keep, what is it? I keep getting older, but the girls keep getting younger. <laughs> no. I stayed the same, but they keep getting younger. Something like that. That's this guy's college experience. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Anytime I need to see a face, it is close my eyes And I am checking two bits for your grips Don't mind a magenta feeling Take a chapter in the face of my spine Straight like a chicken cherry cola I don't need to try to explain I just hold on tight And if it happens again, I'ma move so silently To the arms and the lips and the face Of the human kind of all that I need to, I want to This is off the charts Any human being who says they like this right now I want you to go away forever Ever Man, this is Swarty Girl Ecstasy right here. That's all this is. Uh, name the artist, the year, and the song title. I know the sound because it's Soundgarden, and they're just horrific. I hate them. That's terrible, isn't it, Jeff? You hate? I do. I hope those guys are working at a convenience store somewhere now. I hope their career. I hope their career completely flamed out. Pretty rough. Did I, they I, do I, something I, to you? No, I feel the this, this rage is rage is, coming, rage is coming over me. I mean, we all listened to them in the nineties, but this, I rage is coming over me. It's just a, I told you this song you could play for terrorists and break them in in like thirty seconds. Right now. Just pump this music in, and the and the kidnappers give up within seconds. <laughs> I'm out. You kill me, kill me. Uh, Soundgarden. Uh, Savage Garden. I mean Savage Garden. Sorry, not Soundgarden. Uh, not Soundgarden. That's for sure. It's just two of them, if I remember right, isn't yes. it? Yeah. They both. But try weigh, and memorize this part. They both weigh about 117 pounds. In the 90s. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say, I can't remember the song title. I just remember I hated it. They just said it. Oh, whatever. <laughs> 95. Close. Savage Garden, I want you. 96. Crap. Hate them. Absolutely hate those people. <laughs> Did they ever do anything that wasn't like that? 
I mean, I so. you can feel the testosterone leave your body, right? I mean, it's just like <laughs> wow. It's, <laughs> it's like it's like an IV is connected. It's just you hear their songs and uh, you grow breasts. Don't play your music for Jeff. <laughs> you hear their songs and you grow breasts. Like you can just—it's happening right now. Thank goodness it stopped. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't need. Um, Savage Garden to grow breasts. I'm Jeff. sorry. It's just, uh, it just <laughs> came them. over me. I lost I do my, have them, my mind. It's yeah, just, I like spaghetti. Can't stand there those guys. Make sure you check out the Jeff Ward Show podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.